This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You're listening to Nirat Ombele on Power 98.7. All right, so our producers are now in what they call crisis management mode as they try to rejig um, the agenda for Power Talk this Thursday, bringing up Wayne McCurry earlier than uh, we anticipated. And we thank you very much for joining us. Wayne McCurry, as you know, is an economist at FNB. And let's discuss what we're likely to see in terms of um, the MPC's decision around the repo rate later on today. Good morning, Wayne. Yes, good morning. Look, we had very good news this week in South Africa and right around the world, in fact, <clears throat> around inflation. The inflation numbers in America, in the UK, and in South Africa mm. came in quite a bit lower than what was expected and what was budgeted for by economists, central banks, everyone, the financial markets, the whole lot. Mm. And I think at long last, this has now given the Reserve Bank the ability not to increase interest rates. So they're not going to cut yet, but I really don't think they're going to increase rates today. Whereas last Thursday, the consensus was that they will increase interest rates, be it only by a quarter of a percent. But I think that's Mm. now finally off the table. And the next thing we as consumers can all look forward to is actually a cut in interest rates you know, not next month, but hopefully before the before the end of the year, right. you'll see interest rates come down. So, just give us a, a little bit of economics one hundred and one. So, we understand why the central bank has to raise interest rates, especially in a high inflation environment when prices yes. are spiraling out of control. They have to try to defend the currency and make sure that even the poorest among us can afford to eat. We understand the rationale, but in their last MPC, the central bank said. Even in our best efforts to create an environment of price stability, we don't think the South African consumer can take on more pressure. We don't think there's any more room to hike rates. So even if we didn't get this good news, what would have been the rationale to increase interest rates when even they acknowledge that the South African consumer can no longer take on more? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I get asked a similar question like that every single time. The Reserve Bank has only got one mandate, Mm. really, and that is to control inflation. And to do that, they've only got one tool in their toolbox, and that's interest rates. Mm. So when inflation gets to a level that's too high to comfort for them, the only single thing they can do is increase interest rates because that's all they've got. Because in their view, and quite correctly so, inflation not controlled and spiraling out is far, far more dangerous and contains far more hazards than higher interest rates in the shorter term. And the people that will be affected the most by runaway inflation, if it's not controlled, is in fact the poorest of the poor. Mm. So they just simply have to do it, even if the consumer is in a terrible situation, right now because if they didn't the consumer would be in a worse situation in two years time and an even worse situation than that in four years time because we've never experienced thank goodness 
spiraling inflation yeah. out of control. Yeah. But Zimbabwe has, Argentina has, yeah. Greece has, many countries, many, many countries, Brazil. Yeah. And when you look at what happened to them when inflation spiraled out of control because yeah. their reserve bank didn't increase interest rates, I mean, the currency just disappeared. They had to replace their currency. With dollars, you yeah. know, so it's far more hazardous right. not to control it than than to increase interest rates in the short term. Okay, whilst we're still with you, how does it work, right? How does increasing the interest rates help to stabilize prices and ultimately inflation? How, how does, does it work? It does a couple of things. First of all, increasing interest rates, people spend less because it's more expensive. So in other words, there's less demand. And if there's less demand, there's less inflation pressure there's less uh, pressure for prices to go up. That's the first thing. The second thing, increasing interest rates stabilizes the currency because people can come and buy rands and earn more interest in the bank. Okay. Thirdly, what it does is people who have got excess cash, instead of taking it overseas or spending it, they say, oh, I can earn actually quite a nice return putting it in the bank now so there's less consumptions because mm. people save more in higher interest rates. Mm. But then the really important ones, so those are those are almost periphery. They're almost mm. on the sideline. The really important ones is the Reserve Bank sends a message to everyone, overseas, local, mm. everyone. They send a message and they say, we are going to control inflation. So don't panic. So it changes perception about okay. the ability of the central bank to control inflation. And perception is a very, very critical thing in financial markets. Right. You know, is there stability? Will the Reserve Bank do what's necessary? So it's very important yeah. for them to send a message to say, we're not scared, we'll do it, and we won't succumb to political pressure. But then the unfortunate part of all of this is, we all know in South Africa, a lot of our inflation has got nothing to do with consumers' spending too much money. Yeah. So in other words, roughly speaking, and this is incredibly roughly speaking, half of our inflation has got nothing to do with South African interest rates. Yeah. That's ESCOM, that's rates and taxes, that's the price mm-hmm. of oil. You know, the price of oil and petrol has got nothing to do with SA interest rates or SA demand. Mm. The price of food has got nothing to do with SA interest rates or, in, or, or demand. These are all Either what's called administered prices like rates and taxes and ESCOM. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with demand and supply. Or international prices for oil and food that are just translated into the rand and that's what we pay. Yeah, it's got okay. very little, well, it's got nothing to do with it. But unfortunately, and that's about half of our inflation basket. Unfortunately, if you can't control that half, you've got to suppress demand in the okay. other half that is controlled and is influenced by interest rates. So in other words, even though our inflation in South Africa is oil and food and ESCOM and rates and taxes, and interest rates don't do anything to that, you've got to unfortunately squash down consumer expenditure more with higher interest rates to get your overall inflation under control. I want to bring Richard Downing here. You've been waiting patiently. Thank you for joining us. So we understand that there are a lot of variables within our control as South Africa, like the ESCOM problem, uh, managing local rates and taxes, etc. But a great deal of what causes inflation is stuff happening elsewhere. Wars in Ukraine and Russia pushing up uh, food prices, fuel prices, grain prices, etc. And there are a lot of things we can't control. But somehow the universe has conspired to bring down inflation. And with that, it should, economists are hoping, um, prompt 
the MPC not to raise rates. What's your sense, Richard Downing? Yeah, well, I see talking at the moment about, uh, you know, high real interest rates. And if you can, in, in, in terms of just about before COVID, you will see that real interest rates now, that's interest rates after you made provision for, or, or you take into account the inflation rate, is, is now higher than it was before uh, COVID, the COVID pandemic strike. Mm. So uh, we, we actually, uh, on a high level now, we, I also think, you know, it's perhaps not necessary at the moment to increase interest rates further. But I just want to add to the argument about, you know, ex- exogenous factors that actually plays in on inflation. And I think one of the things that we do control inside the country is our fiscal situation. Mm-hmm. And if you give uh, workers, say, at ESCOM a 7% rate increase in salaries, which is higher than inflation, and then, of course, increase your electricity tariffs by more than that, it puts extra pressure on the Reserve Bank, actually, to act. And as, you, as we, have, we have heard now, that is actually one of the main problems that we're seeing. And now if you have, uh, say, the Ukraine sort of conflict, that is also playing in on food prices and, and on energy prices, then we also see that factor actually uh, coming into play mm. in terms of inflation and imported inflation. Right. So inflation is not a simple thing, but price stability is, is the main mm. factor actually that we're looking at. If you don't have price stability in an economy, yeah. and, and then it, 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 it affects your, your currency, as we've heard, and later make the currency actually disappear as a means of payment in the mm. economy, and then you have to rely on other kinds of like moving on to the U.S. dollar in complete payment mm. for, for internal transactions. Okay. And that makes it very difficult actually to run the economic activity as such. So it's, it's critical actually to, to, to get inflation under control. And while we have now inflation within the band of 4 to 5%, yeah. we must actually ensure that fiscal policy kicks in with that type of situation. Okay. You can't have only the Reserve Bank trying to create price stability and, and just leave fiscal policy out of that. And that seems to me doesn't actually click in completely with people uh, actually uh, in terms of com- uh, continuously uh, asking for the fiscus actually to, right. to bail them out or to, 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 uh, to, to, to sort of... Okay. Uh, uh, get to grips with situations. Okay, I need to, I need to, I need to interject there, Richard Downing, in the in the interest of time. So, you say there needs to be almost a complementarity between monetary policy, what the Reserve Bank does, fiscal policy, what the Treasury and government does. And so, I think this goes back to the idea of in a low growth environment, which is where South Africa is, in an environment where there aren't enough investments, businesses are closing down jobs aren't being created, what would be the action that stimulates the economy? What can the Reserve Bank do, then supported by uh, Minister Godongwani, to get this economy kick-started, really? Well, I think what the, what, what the Reserve Bank did actually is create a sort of, uh, try to create a, a business confidence in, in how they act against inflation, as we've heard. Mm. And that's really critically important to get the idea across, you know, that uh, the Reserve Bank is actually towing the line in terms of sound monetary policy. But we have to have the fiscal side of things also in, coming into play. And we're looking, we're looking at simple things like municipalities not functioning properly. Mm. That is a, a recipe for, for higher growth. But if you don't have a local government actually not functioning pro- properly, mm. not providing services to businesses, creating sort of a, a political landscape which is, which is creating uncertainty mm. of international economic relations and trade relations, 
that is also playing into the growth okay. scenario. And we must be very careful for that because we are very dependent upon foreign fixed investment in South Africa. Okay. And Wayne McCurry, final word from you. What would be a great stimulus? Just an intervention where, yes, even within an inflation targeting mandate, the Reserve Bank says, you know, what can we do to help to really stimulate this economy? That's not the Reserve Bank's job. <laughs> the Reserve Bank is there to control money, money stability, essentially, stability in the, in the system. They can't create economic growth. They can't create jobs. Only the government, working together with all players, social, business, can get together and make the right policies and set the right policies in place. And the private sector is the only area that can sustainably create jobs. But then exactly what Richard said, we need electricity, we need water, we need services, we need roads. We need when you sell a property to get the transfer done properly. It just needs an efficient system that gives confidence to people with money to invest. That's how you create growth. So in other words, simplistically, the biggest single reason why we haven't got growth in South Africa is the government and all governments haven't created an environment that promotes growth and promotes the investment of capital through essentially inefficiencies. And secondly, it it is changing now because they've been forced to change it. Government controlling major parts of the economy like Transnet and like Eskom and Post Office and a whole lot of other things. In other words, the, the real problem is the environment created by the governance of South Africa. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I think what we can uh, garner from what's being said is that most likely today, we are going to hear most likely, not certainly, but most likely, that the Reserve Bank will keep interest rates unchanged, just giving us a little bit more leeway and breath in what has been a really challenging period in South Africa. Time for the news. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.